Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ignited Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Lawrence. I believe people and culture are the single greatest competitive advantage in any business. This podcast is a weekly dose of inspiration and practical how-to strategies for transforming the way we learn, grow, and perform at work. So get ready. You're about to learn from the best learning leadership experts on the planet. Let's get after it. On this episode of Ignited Learning, I'm truly honored to have Mr. James Bishop. James is an extraordinary facilitator, learning experience designer, and team coach. He has over 25 years of experience managing and leading projects across industry, countries, and cultures. Now, why I'm so excited to have James on the show today is number one, he simply loves being part of the learning journey. And not only is he passionate, he is a true thought leader in this space. So today, James is going to share his observations and insights from 2020. Even though we are more socially distanced than ever, there are higher levels of connection and collaboration, not only in the learning space, but beyond as well. So James will share some practical tips, some tactics on how to elevate and create more connection, and also how to collaborate in ways where we're compressing innovation. So this is going to be a great show. Sit back, lean in, and get ready. Let's welcome Mr. James. James, so happy to have you on the Ignited Learning Podcast. I'm I'm really excited you're here, my friend. I'm glad to be here too. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome, and I and I'm feeling very honored. So, James, let's let's start by getting to know you a little bit better. So, can you tell us the story of how you came from the rainforests of New Zealand? to Asia's greatest cities of being a, a learning professional. T- tell us your background. Uh, Steve, I never woke up and said, I'm going to be a facilitator. Um, <laughs> it's always easier to look backwards and say, oh, yeah, I see how it connects. Um, but for me, I was on a bit of an ongoing forever learning journey. Um, so I'm, I'm a Kiwi. I've been in Hong Kong 20 years. And you're right. I, one of my first jobs, actually, I got a lot of jobs, but one of my first jobs was working in the national parks of New Zealand, uh, Fiordland National Park, where I was a park assistant, uh, building tracks, doing um, uh, flora and fauna surveys and the likes. Wonderful job, incredible experience. But it was also connected with an expeditionary group called Rally International or Operation Rally. And it was, it was on one of these expeditions that I was participating, got involved in it. But actually, to get to Hong Kong, I had an invitation to come to the go to the UK. I was 21. I go to the UK for three months to help raise money and awareness for this organization um, by cycling around the coastline of Britain, as you do. Wow. Anyway, so I did that experience. And anyway, three months ended up being two years. Uh, and I had some great experiences like um, participating in Scotland to build a outdoor adventure center, a, a stone boffy, if you will, in Glen yeah. Etive, just off Glen Cove. Um, and a, a stack of other amazing experiences, but constantly learning. And I thought outdoor experiential learning was kind of where I was going and where I, I felt best. Um, but I was called back to New Zealand. I was going to go to university to become a um, park ranger. And uh, But I thought I'd stop off in Melbourne, Australia, to see my brothers for six months, make some money. Anyway, so I was in Australia for 10 years. And I was working in telecommunications, 
setting up and running call centers. And then, oh, I joined the army for six years as well. So reserves. Oh, wow. um, and I was, and what that meant was I was doing about a, um, 80 to 110 days a year, depending on the sort of work I was doing there. But my civilian job at that time, I was working in recruitment. You're probably trying to thread all this together. They uh, came to me and said, hey, James, there's an opportunity in Hong Kong. Do you want to go and set up the IT recruitment division uh, or you know, support the growth of that? So it's fantastic. But I had to make a decision. But in the end, I chose it. Six weeks later, I was in Hong Kong for a two-year gig. And of course, that was 20 years ago. There's a theme, there's a theme here. Yeah. Uh, so I've done all kinds of things in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very interesting place that allows you to reinvent yourselves as many times as you want. Um, so I was involved in the dot-com bubble. Sadly, it was six months before the bubble burst. Um, that was an interesting experience. Lost everything, made a lot of amazing, great friends and experiences. And uh, got involved with Disney, uh, running English language learning clubs. Um, okay. I was looking after Hong Kong. It was an operation that had uh, a presence in Japan, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. Uh, and then I got into um, running a uh, corporate training company that was more team building focused. Mm -hmm. And over the six years I was working there, I was able to uh, adapt it to a bit of a balance between team building, leadership development, so forth, for starting our own company eight years ago. That is amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. So today you would, uh, I mean, I know you, you uh, do many, many amazing things, but you categorize yourself as a learning experience designer, facilitator, team coach. Did I have that right? Yeah, something like that. Um, I took a long time to settle on the what I call myself because it's kind of morphing and still does. Um, and one of the wonderful things about working from home is um, having a delivery that just arrived now. So let's just take a moment. I love it. I love it. What's coming through the door? <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's, uh, the, it's the gas reading. Let's keep this on record, huh? <laughs> this is beautiful. Because we're all working from home and uh, we've got an office in the city, but um, we're sort of balanced between. Uh, so, uh, you know, this learning experience designer, I, I didn't want to pitch it into i mean i do facilitation i'm a certified professional facilitator i'm a certified visual facilitator mm -hmm. and like you as well i'm a bit of a course monster and i love collecting certifications not boy scout badges but i'm always mindful about what's going to help me in the community i work with yeah. and so what does learning mean what does design mean what does experience mean? And so I sort of mash those together and recognize that in general, what I love being part of is learning journeys. Mm. And that can consist of tools. It can consist of um, frameworks and assessments and so on. Uh, and so I, I don't want to be known as, you know, the tool guy. I've got all these tools. Which one do you want? Pick the one off the shelf. But rather, right. let's have a conversation. Where are you at? And so. All our work is referral word of mouth. Gotcha. And people come to us because they are still unclear on articulating the question of the challenge that's presented to them and having an external consultant come in with great empathy to help them, you know, sense where the, where the boundaries are, what the possible futures are, but the still the, the future is unclear. Mm. I like I like unclear. I like the uncertainty. I like a little chaos, hence all the colors, perhaps. Um, but that I also recognize I'm, I'm not everyone's cup of tea as well. I get that. <laughs> well, I, I hear what you're saying. A lot of times people uh, either they may know what they want, but they may not necessarily know what they need. 
And so they struggle to be asking the right question. And I agree with you through, uh, through that empathy, right? We can really uncover what's the real need and then better serve people. Can I ask you a question, Steve? Sure, absolutely. Through your journey of, of doing these podcasts, what are you learning about um, you know, how the market is, is shifting and shaping? And of course, you are adapting to that as well. You're clear on what you want to do, but obviously, you know, we change our shirt based on the conditions of the weather outside. Yeah. Um, but what are you learning about what's shifting and changing with, through the podcast journey you're on? I think the biggest thing that's coming up is, by the way, I love how you're flipping this. This is great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the learning journey too. I think the biggest thing I'm noticing is the power to pivot. Mm. The power to pivot your narratives around organizational learning. Um, the power to pivot the stories you have about what learning should be and what that looks like. So there's been lots of dialogue around how do I go from classroom to virtual, but actually when COVID started, everyone said, right, it's all virtual. But what I've noticed is we're pulling back that needle and mm -hmm. it's, it's much more hybrid now. Mm -hmm. So there's this, there's this virtual component. Um, you know, a lot of it all pre-recorded learning or classical e-learning, but there's also all these live sessions. And so there's a really nice blend of, yeah, this, this blended virtual instructor led type mm -hmm. wave that's going forward. And, and I see a lot of organizations embracing that. Yeah. yeah. There's another thing I've noticed as well with this. I think we're becoming a lot more forgiving of each other as well. I mean, like, you know, I'm at home. I'm not in the office today. Got the gas the man coming along. Gas man coming reading. <laughs> um, there's kids flying through the house. There's cats running around and stuff. Yep. And everyone's just like, okay. Yep. You know, before it used to be like, oh, that's interesting. And then it's it, it might be annoying. And then you're just like, we're so much more embracing of that. And I think that's interesting. I think everyone's I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just feel empathy is on the increase. People are sensing this and recognize how you can authentically connect here, yeah. perhaps can be even stronger than in person. Uh, and it's an, it, I mean, there's going to be thousands of books and movies and podcasts about it, Steve. Um, I, 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 agree, I agree. I agree. Well, you know, absolutely on that, uh, that sense of empathy or permission mm. to kind of get it wrong or just to kind of stumble through there is so much more empathy i find from from everybody not yeah. only in the learning space but just you know everybody's lives in some shape or form has been turned upside down and we're all adapting and adjusting mm -hmm. so what i found also in these podcasts is the ability to check in with people just how are mm -hmm. you what's going on in your world before mm -hmm. we get down to business and yeah. um and actually i apologize how are you james <laughs> uh, no i'm good steve and i tell you what this whole concept about connection before content is critical mm. and um now depending on which part of the world you're talking and i have some of my uh, trainer friends in some parts of the world who say yeah it's not going to cut it james it's all about the content connection can come later but i i still deeply believe that if you're going to run you know a couple of 90 minute or, or a couple of two hour sessions back to back or with a gap between of course um you want to spend the first 20 30 minutes just connecting the group yep you know don't even introduce the agenda just spend time jump into some breakouts connect with each other talk about what's going on and unpacking it 
you know, we, we often have closing circles, but a lot of people forget about, it's not just a, hello, my name is James. I'm from Hong Kong. I do this next. Let's get to something real. And there's so many great tools and techniques to do it. And what's nice is that it's not just coming from the facilitators. You know, people who are leaders who are hosting meetings are recognizing, oh, I really need to get to know my people. How mm -hmm. are you? So circling back to your question, Steve, yeah. I'm actually pretty good. You know, I got a fresh cup of coffee in my hand and um, the sun is shining and uh, all's actually I, with all the crap going on in the world, all's okay. All is okay. I have to say. Fantastic. Actually on the topic of connection, what is your favorite connection tool? I often use an activity that um, originated from my good friend, uh, Jimbo Clark in Taiwan. Mm. Uh, the inventor of the thinking in and out of the box process. Mm. Um, it's an activity that we learned back in the day when we were all working for this English language learning club. And it's called, what's the good news? Okay. You just ask the question, Hey, what's the good news? But there are some rules to go with that. It's got to be, per it could be personal or professional. It could be about the past, present or future. So it could be, Hey, my good news is uh, tomorrow we're going on a staycation with a family. Haven't done that in months. Or it might be uh, last night we closed a deal with a client um, and I'm feeling a little bit better about Q1 next year. So personal, professional, past, future. Hmm. Um, and what, what we often do is we'll put people in mini, it's, it's virtual, in a mini breakout room. Hmm. And, uh, and then we'll throw them into another breakout room. And here's the thing, you can't use the same piece of good news each time. Hmm. And a lot, half the group was like, oh, really? Um, but actually, if you dig a little bit deeper and you can't say things like, well, no news is good news or the sun is shining. Cause it's gotta be something that's, <laughs> and that's the last rule is it's gotta be unique to you. And you always do a demo with one person uh, to see whether the, the rules are being followed guidelines really. So Steve, Hey, what's the good news? <laughs> what is the good news? The good news is my son is finally starting to swim in the swimming pool. Um, start starting to take strokes, starting to kind of get a little bit more confidence in the pool. And we were swimming with them last night and I couldn't have been a more proud father. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And here's the thing, when you're doing this, you can tell when it's genuine, you know, you just know. Yeah. yeah. And if a person, you know, gives you a brush off thing, oh, well, you know, then <laughs> you say, no, no, give me something real. But what, what, and the thing about doing this, this activity and even those leaders who are perhaps a little bit challenged by their, you know, the evolving EQ is that if you ask a question like this, what you're really doing is saying, let's not talk about the sales results. Let's not talk, let's talk about something that actually matters to you. And if you do this activity at the start of every meeting, and that's the challenge I pose to many of my clients, eat your weekly meeting, take 10 minutes at the beginning and do this every time. What you'll find is a couple of things. One, you'll actually get to know your people. You'll get to know what really matters to them. If they keep talking about their cats, then lead with, hey, Steve, how's the cats? Um, because you just, and they'll go, wow, you really know me. Yeah. And the other thing is you start to raise trust with the group because there's these are real connections. And so what's the good news, I think is one of the most powerful activities uh, we run. And many of our friends in our community now run that activity themselves. Mm. It's powerful, yeah? You can Absolutely. even do it with your kids at home. Hey, good morning, kids. Mm, leave me alone, Dad. Oh, come on. What's the good news? Oh, well, I guess. 
That's great. Th- thank you. I'm going to do that to add, at dinner tonight when, when we get home. <laughs> Let but me know what, how it goes. <laughs> but what's great, though, is when you have that psychological safety through doing, you know, having rituals like this, that creates the space to have those critical conversations you need to have, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, mm. Bubbles. Can we talk bubbles. about bubbles? Mm. Uh, so I was in a meeting uh, last week with a client, and we were talking about, we're, I was going to talk about hybrid learning. Sure. Uh, and uh, or blended learning and, and stuff that we're doing with some of the universities and so forth. And I just said, yeah. And so that's why I recommend bubble learning. Now, sometimes I just come out with stuff and I've never thought about it. As soon as I said it, I went, hmm, trademark that, bubble learning. Um, yeah. and and, bubbles, and by, by the way, trademark, you said evolving EQ. Go ahead, evolving, evolving EQ.com. Oh, I'll write that one down. Okay, that's thanks. your thing. Yeah, evolving <laughs> EQ. Um, so bubble learning is, I always think about, uh, you know, terraforming Mars and you've got these dome cities and stuff. How do they communicate if they're not going to travel across land to each other? Well, they're just communicating, you know, using technology. And so it's just like where we are here. Like in Asia, if you're going to run a, a, a you're working with a, a distributed team, they're all over the place. Yeah. You can't have your regional team meeting. You've got a group of people in Tokyo, a group of people in Taipei, a group of people in Hong Kong and Singapore. You're not going to fly together. Let's save the planet a bit more in each other, but you still can meet. I find this the three kinds of in-person meetings that we're, we're all experimenting with. Fully yep. in-person, yep. fully virtual, yep. and then this hybrid mix of I'm at home, but there's a group of people in the office together. How do you increase uh, the feeling of inclusion if the people in the room together are having a perceived better experience? How do you increase that? So one of the techniques we use mm. is you have a group of people in Hong Kong and yeah. perhaps you've got five people uh, individually um, in say China. Okay. And they're not, no one's flying. So what you do is uh, from the group in Hong Kong, so it's 10 people to, and do it all virtually as well. Take one out of the Hong Kong room, put them into another physical room and they join a digital breakout room so that they can be part of it. Because otherwise, all the people in digital space are like, mm, we didn't get there to the group meeting. So that's uh-huh. just a simple way of, and then you just make sure you rotate. When it comes to breakouts, you make sure that the group had, you know, and you could do this in as many cities as you like. Wherever you're meeting, make sure there's a physical breakout room, which is also connected to the virtual breakouts when you have them. And so you increase inclusiveness. Go for it. There's nothing to stop. Uh, everyone's been putting off these regional meetings. And mm. I'm like, why? Oh, we'll wait till we get face to face again. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've seen the news. That may not happen for a while. Yeah. yeah. Can you wait a whole year and not bring the team together? And, and instead of just doing a, oh, we'll just do a quick virtual catch up. You mm. can have amazing conferences. Mm. There's no excuse for it. Can you, can you um, replicate the inclusiveness uh, with these hybrid meetings in the main session? So you got half people live and then the other half joining. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, ideas around like, you know, each virtual person has a virtual seat in the physical room mm-hmm. is some form of representation. Um, have, you, have you come across that? Yeah, well, you know, often when you're in a meeting, you've got a person sitting next to you and you'll, you might, and you're, you're having a presentation and you're just having a la, 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 conversation. Now you can still do that through the, through, um, you know, you can use WeChat or the in-app chat function and just have conversations to keep people included in that. So it's not like passing notes in school. 
nor to you. <laughs> it's, it's just about staying. So you get everyone to buddy up with one person and the person in the room is also responsible for someone virtually. So that, that could be one technique. But here's the thing, we all have to get better at this. And we've all been, you know, in a sandbox practicing doing stuff. Next year, let's not go back to the way things were because they never will. Yep. Let's move forward into something better. I think that's possible. And what do you see the future of hybrid learning? Where, where do you see hybrid learning going? I don't see it as a fallback position. So some of the, a lot of the universities and schools have said, all right, um, there's been in Hong Kong anyway, there's been a spike in, in confirmed cases. Uh, let's go back to virtual until the yeah. end of the semester. Uh, and so oh, something's cooked in the, in the oven, um, life goes on. And so I think we, we need to get out of the mindset that we're going, you know, that's a fallback position, hybrid is second fiddle to in-person. We need to see it as a really, it's cost-effective. Mm. It's great for the planet. Yep. And if we do it well, um, it can be really time efficient and, you know, the, the cost savings of productivity and so on. Um, and instead of us going, oh, can't wait till we get back together. Can't wait till we get back together. It's like in the early days this year when people said, look, let's just call it. We'll, we'll, we'll make a decision in three or four weeks. Oh, OK, it's not so great. Uh, we'll make a decision in three or four weeks. Hmm. I remember early on, um, there was this, um, I think March, my wife's telling me about um, one of her relatives working for the largest travel agency in Taiwan. And at the beginning of the year, when they saw what was happening, they just said, they took out a full page uh, advertorial and said, we're not doing international travel for two years. Hmm. We are changing our business. We're focusing on the domestic market and other side stream businesses as well. And everyone was like, oh, that's really okay. Yeah. Now I can make plans about my future. If you're being told, oh, wait for three weeks, wait for four weeks, you, you're in a holding pattern. You're in a Zoom waiting room forever. It's mm -hmm. purgatory. No one wants to be there, yeah? So I, I say call it and call it big. And I love how some of the big organizations are saying, do you know what, for the next 12 months, everyone's working from home. <gasps> we'll help you make it work. Call, so it, so. Call, call it, it call early. it, call it, call it big and call it early. James, uh, I know this year uh, has kind of felt like three years and one for you kind of mm. doing a lot. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah. When we got back from uh, holidays, uh, Chinese New Year, and there was everything was hitting the news. Yeah. So uh, my family, for the first time ever, were in two different lo uh, locations for Chinese New Year. Mm. Um, my wife and daughter were with uh, grandma and relatives in Taiwan. And my son and I were with uh, my mother, his grandmother in New Zealand. They're mm -hmm. getting on. We wanted to make sure that we're spending time. Um, we're at the airport and we're coming back. We're on the call to each other. Do we get on the plane? Do we get, do we stay? And then we decided we want to be together as a family and get through this year. And we also know that even though a lot of what we would be doing is virtual, if we are physically closer to our clients, even if we're not physically meeting them, there's a feeling that we're in the trenches with them too. So mm. we came back and we just doubled down that effort. Um, mm. And I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, I don't know, man, let's wait and see. And they were sort of a, a bit in shell shock. And I thought the best thing I can do is charge ahead and do as much as we can, not just for us, but also all the communities of practice that we work with and colleagues and friends and, and associates. And so we did, we charged. And that first, uh, you know, March, April, May, we just 
doubled down on our effort and workload. We went from a 90% face-to-face business to a 90% mask-to-mask business to a 90% virtual business. Some of it was try and take face-to-face online, but it needed to be reimagined. But we were doing so much and prototyping, break it, fix it, bend it, do it again, um, that we started getting really good at it. Um, And yeah, we compressed a whole bunch of innovation that would have taken as much longer. And we're seeing this around the world as well. Mm. How fast did they get the vaccine out? 10 months, you know, and that'll start rolling out maybe December in America, January, February, elsewhere. And by the end of next year, most people who need it can get it. Um, unprecedented. A couple of months ago, Carol, my wife and I were sitting around going, are we slowing down? And slowing down, I, I thought, oh, that's nice. Yeah, because otherwise I was saying, we could sleep next year, 2021, the year of get, catching up on sleep. But I recognize a lot of what we do is, you know, it's pipeline. You know, what you do right. now shows up three months later. And I was like, hmm, no Christmas turkey. Okay, let's double down again. And then we just got active and busy and busy. And I, I feel that the, the amount of, and especially I see a lot of my friends, what they're doing now and the workload and the creativity I mean, there's some other themes we're going to talk about in terms of, of collaboration and how people are supporting each other in these communities of time. Mm-hmm. One, one of the interesting things that's happened this year, and I, I live in a part of Hong Kong, um, Discovery Bay, and the part of where I live, it's, you know, it's pretty quiet, um, apart from the construction going on next door, because it's Hong Kong, there's always construction somewhere. Um, in my apartment block, uh, 14 floors, eight apartments per floor how many people did i know i've lived in this building for about 14 years how many people did i know Mm. maybe about five families really now on on your floor in the whole building whole building whole building okay whole building and maybe including the other two apartment blocks i mean you see people you say hi but do you really know them yeah would you invite them to your house for dinner you know my kids were you know got to an age where they're not all in the playground and so obviously that's where you're meeting people as well but now the three buildings that we are connected to, there's this big WhatsApp group all connected. And there's uh, people helping each other out. Uh, I need a power drill. Oh, yes, yeah, because, you know, power drills, the life usage of a power drill is about 15 minutes. So yep. stats. And so people are going, oh, can I borrow that? Yeah, sure. Uh, does anyone have this? Oh, I'm trying to um, bake uh, sourdough. Oh, 2020 sourdough. And someone says, yes, you can use this and all that. Someone says, is anyone growing any kombucha? Yes, okay, take us out. So there's all that connection that's happening. But it's also happening in the business world. Mm. And you are meeting more people in webinars than you would ever have. You are partnering with more people, hello, Steve, than you would ever have. Yep. Um, and it's bringing us together. And it's allowing this. You know, I didn't have to get on a, a bus, a boat, a, a walk for an hour to get to you. I just... I did shower, put on a shirt, grab a coffee and jump in. And we can do this. It's much easier for us, isn't it? Uh, so I that think there's beautiful. higher levels of collaboration and connection at the community level, even with all the distrust that happens because of this year globally, I'm talking about. Right. Um, there is still hyper levels of connection that I think we need to examine and go, what's the good in this? Mm-hmm. How does it show up in my office as a leader? How can I learn from this and apply this? in in my organization i think this is an important thing what happens in your home what happens in your community happens in your organization your city your country all these things are interconnected Mm. yeah is um that's called systemic thinking right i mean all the uh, all the 
interconnectedness, all the relationships between self, team, organization, community, and the part I love, future generations. <laughs> like, mm. What is it we're doing now and how are we relating with people on all these different levels to kind of create an extraordinary life? Can I ask you a question, Steve? Sure, absolutely. Now, you're a dad and uh, you, you're a business owner and you work with a lot of leaders. What for you has been the biggest learning that connects you know, you as the dad raising kids, you and your community where you live, and the work you're doing in support of leaders, either individual coaching, team coaching, organizational support and development. Is there any, are you seeing a connection of that? Because we are constantly growing, we are constantly learning. What's mm. the connection for you? What, what's between those? The connection is because we're working virtually. Mm we're entering everybody's home. Mm. And so on Zoom calls, you know, I get to look into your living room. And by the way, you have an amazing living room. Um, for, our, for our for our <laughs> listeners, James has got a circle painting, bright, vivid, red and yellow and orange on the back. But what's amazing is I find in a weird way, COVID has been far more intimate mm. because of our ability to come together virtually with mm. more people, but in our living rooms, in our homes, mm. you can't escape um, getting to know that person as a human, not as, you know, Joe, the coworker or Susie, Susie, the person who sits next to me at work, you know, so I find that I see people far more beyond just their role and mm. their, their job because I'm in their living rooms, I'm in their homes with them. So connections I feel have gone through the roof. Um, and it's much more intimate. I had a call last night, a new client uh, in Europe. And uh, it was a, I felt a little bit of pressure because, you know, I'm meeting these, these heavy hitters in the organization. And, right. And I'm thinking, okay, am I the right person for this? I must be. I'm on the call. Okay, just go with it. Um, and we're starting off and I'm meeting the, the senior executives in the organization and two jars of spaghetti bolognese sauce crash in the kitchen 10 meters away from me. Ah. <laughs> I'm in the middle of introducing myself and there's this pause and they're all wide eyed. I say, if you'll excuse me, I just need to check on something. Mute. Go. Everyone was fine. Um, uh, for, you know, fortunately, it was only the death of two jars of bolognese. No one's feet had got sliced up. But all credit um, to those in the kitchen, they were like, James is on a call, we're just chill. My feet did get sliced up. And I came back and here's the client said, is everyone okay? Yeah, thank you for asking. That's great. Do you know what I mean? But it was real. Right. Now, I, I didn't actually stage that yep. <laughs> just to create that moment or have a cat come into the screen because it was a very you know official business call. But I had everyone was calling in from their home yeah. and everyone was like, it's okay. Everyone. All right. Okay. Let's continue. Yeah. We call them um, magic moments. <laughs> you <Yes>. will. <laughs> magic moments. And, and they'll, always, they'll always remember that call. I will. Oh, absolutely. And well, you know, just the other night I had a, a fairly formal serious call and my daughter just busted into the room and she came on screen with me and it was adorable it broke it broke the it raised the energy it, it changed it up for people and all of a sudden you know i love just how accepting everybody is even though it was a formal meeting everyone's like 
is that your daughter? Can we meet her? And, and we've got like 25 yeah, yeah. people all waving and stuff, but yet we're all <laughs> kind of formal, but then it, there's just a massive amount of humanity and it's beautiful. We've come a long way from that BBC uh, South Korea reporter, you know, the guy who, and the, the daughter comes racing in and, and oh, his yes. wife comes in to rescue the daughter from the, the call. And then uh, news media outlets picked up on it all over the world and thought this is cool. And then there was a discussion about uh, roles that people play and stereotypes. Well, how long, was that a year ago? Must have been about a year ago. Probably, yeah, about. But that's kind of like the new normal. That's like accepted. Now, now it's like, <laughs> aren't your kids running in, Steve? You know, because it's, it's like, like if you're joining the next call. <laughs> if your kids don't come in, it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Where's your cat? Where's your kid? Where's the spaghetti bolognese filling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting, huh? How far we've come. How far we've come. So, uh, James, I do want to ask you about this concept called slipstreaming. Can you tell tell, tell us a little bit about that? Um, So a lot of my ideas uh, usually come out of nowhere uh, in a meeting of a a call with a client or what have you. And the slipstreaming concept was I was talking about how we build communities of practice, meaning, you know, we often either create something and build a community to support that, you know, a new product, a service, a tool, uh, train people up. Or um, we're often um, partnering with people from overseas to bring their products and services and get people certified. You know, things like the United Nations inspired 2030 Sustainable Development Goals game or the Swedish business simulations programs um, uh, from the company called Selami and all that stuff. But um, I recognize what we were doing early on this year because we're moving ahead so fast. I was mindful of the community. It wasn't you know, me, go ahead, good luck, all of you. We might see you at the finish line. It was go ahead, where are you at? Where are you at? Come on in, come on in. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do. You know, a bit of work here. Um, supporting each other with demos. We've got an office. So, you know, people said, look, can we just use your office as a studio for this one session? Go for it, you know. Um, and if the client's paying, then, you know, you can pay us some money for it. If you're just doing a demo and just trying to get it, just get it out there. Support, support. And, you know, because we're all better if we're lifting each other up. But the slipstreaming thing, so if you think about um, uh, cyclists, you know, racing cyclists, you're up the front right. going fast and you've got people slipstreaming behind you, slipstreaming behind you. But, and there's two sides to that. Yeah, you're bringing people along because you're charging ahead and helping people do that. But you cannot keep doing that. You also need your time at the back. Mm. Take a break and let others. And so we felt like we were, you know, there are others also and we were, you know, side by side or taking turns, but also allowing yourself to say, you know what, I'm happy to design it with you. Um, do you want to take half of the session? Do you want to deliver that? And so we take turns. So you can slipstream both in a session as well as in your business. And I think mm-hmm. the more partnerships you can have, the better it is. And let's face it, the, the uh, racing, um, the cycle racing teams that train together more frequently are really good at slipstreaming and maintaining a top speed overall. Because, and it's you mentioned earlier about the idea of the wing formation of birds when they fly in a wing formation. Right. right. Same concept. Same concept. And I, I think there's been opportunities for that. And a lot of people have been that lone cyclist, that lone bird, and are just powering through the year. And it's exhausting, man. It gets tiring. It I gets think you tiring. need, and you need to reach out and say, I need a hand. 
Yeah. And that's in an organization, not just we as, you know, independent business owners as well, working like that. And I, I think there's a lot more opportunities for collaboration in a healthy way. So when you think of 2021, what does that have, what does 2021 have you saying or doing now? Like many of us, we've been separated from family and face-to-face workshops and the likes. I see myself getting really good at this. Um, We're talking about having a Zoom Christmas with our families around the world Mm -hmm. in New York, New Zealand, Australia, um, and so forth in Taiwan. Why not? I mean, we've worked so hard doing this for our business. And actually, I've just started having... Uh, monthly Zoom calls with my brothers. One is in Wellington, one is in Melbourne, one is in New York, and trying to get them just to coordinate that. Look, I'd rather work with a trying to put a multinational project together than trying to get my own. And then obviously we're trying to get my, I'm the youngest of five, my sister involved in there. So I see a lot more of getting really good um, at this. I call 2020 the year of the upgrade. Mm. And I see 2021 a year of optimism rewarded. I must write this down. Optimism rewarded. See what I mean? Optimism rewarded. These things I just say, I've started learning to write them down. But (laughs) this year is the year of the upgrade. So it's upgrade self, Mm -hmm. um, upgrade families, relationships, um, upgrade technology. And I'm not saying spend 100,000 on a complete setup, just get a cheap second monitor, to hold, you know, to so you can see what everyone else can see. All right, a couple of months later. All right, upgrade your webcam. All right, upgrade your lighting. You know, don't do it all at once. You know, whatever those subsidies may or may not have, you know, materialized, just take it easy. And I see, what are you using as a microphone? Is that a Yeti or a, what it are is you? A, uh, it is a blue Yeti. Blue Yeti, there you go. And what a difference it's made by having a blue Yeti. Sound quality has become super important. Let's hear your radio voice, Steve. Monster, monster, monster truck rally. Mondays, Mondays, Mondays. We'll sell you the seat, but you only need the edge. It makes a huge difference. Uh, I'm not sure I'd go to that Monday, but I mean, at least I could tell you what. The sound quality makes a difference. And this year, we've all become much more discerning on sound quality. But these things are not expensive. And I thought, and I, I, I know there's a value in getting the Yeti as well, yeah. or equivalents thereof. Feels like we're going to get a product placement going here in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, sponsored by. And get your lighting right. You know, you're sitting next to the window. Uh, today, I can't get any closer because we've got things growing on the... Uh... Oh, by the way, uh, I'm sure many know this. When you're looking at your... To make sure you're looking at your webcam put something on your webcam. And a number of months ago, I was looking around, all I could find was this plastic toy soldier. So I stick this on the webcam, but the webcam itself, and I've just, this is my setup, yeah? So. Absolutely. Let me just see if I I can get it to focus a bit more. Uh, Okay. You've definitely got Um, the two screens so you can see what other people are saying. Yeah, and then of course, this screen is so I can increase my real estate. So I can slide things over. Oh, that's great. Uh, and then this, I use this tablet for um, if I'm sharing slides and I want to make sure I, I see what you see. Just basic stuff, yeah. And then I've got marker pens and paper and, and what have you. And then, you know, we've got the view out the window, which is too bright. Light blows it out, but there's, a, there's water out there. <laughs> now, I got, 
Uh, James, um, James, I got to tell you, your your recommendation for having a second monitor mm. was taken up and fully embraced by my wife. Mm. As you as you know, my wife is a girl guide leader, a, a brownie leader, and uh, you were supporting with uh, some free training for that group. And the recommendation to have a second monitor and have some icon or a figurine to look at the lens. Yeah. Um, she has fully embraced that, and you're her superhero. Oh, cool! I'm glad it worked. And and like you, Steve, we we find ways to support our communities, and you know we all do a bit of pro bono work. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons I got involved with the Girl Guides is my daughter. You know, she's she's found her tribe. Mm. What a great thing for a young teenage girl to find a you know a great group of people and role models to hang out with. Uh, and so I was like what can I do to support that? And so I reached out to some of the, the guide leaders and said, can I help? What can I do? Awesome. Um, I think all of us need to be doing something for whatever it is. It doesn't have to be directly related to something you do, but we, I think we need to be giving back a lot more with our communities in a and, corporate setting, as well as, you know, we ourselves as independent practitioners. And the, and the best part is, is when you, when you give like that, almost always you get more than you give. <laughs> what comes back to you comes back tenfold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's actually all things considered, even with all the pain and challenges we've all been through this year, this was a good year. This was a good year for us to reevaluate, to take stock, to recalibrate. Um, I'm going to run out of um, uh, trite phrases in a second, but um, <laughs> you know, my wife and I uh, sat down, you know, we're business partners and we looked at the year ahead and we're like, this, this hard work, this three in one year that we've done is we'll pay dividends. And I don't just mean financially. I mean, in terms of there are security comes with different things, the security of your relationship at home, your relationships with your business partners, your relationships with all your clients, um, and so on. So I, I think, yeah, I think. It's not too late to double down on a bit of effort. If everyone's thinking, oh, well, what did I do with my year? It's okay if you didn't, you know, come up with the cure for, you know, a disease. It's okay if you didn't uh, create world peace. Uh, it's okay if you didn't put us, you know, um, a spaceship yeah. on the moon. It's okay if you just got through the year and you need to be okay with that and tell yourself you're okay with that as well. Yeah. And just recognize we're all coming from different places uh, in the spectrum of our own comfort and success and, and, you know, and being okay with our failures as well. And where um, you're at and where you're at is where you're at. And mm -hmm. if you want to start something, my favorite question is when is now a great time to start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So James, we're, we're, uh, coming to the end of our podcast here and I um, absolutely want to say thank you for sharing uh, your wisdom, your experience, um, practical tips and tools, but more just your, your sense of humanity and humor of making, making the world a place that it's okay and, and, and making the world a place of possibility uh, moving forward. So I want to, I want to thank you. Steve, thank you. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to you adding these podcasts to what you're sending out to the world, because I think this is good stuff that you are interviewing so many amazing and such a varied group of people um, that I know all the communities and networks we work with will benefit from this. So um, kudos to you for doing this, Steve. And my last question for you, my friend, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, mm. how so? 
couple of ways. Um, you can, of course, go to our website. Uh, you can also go to our company Eventbrite page where we have a list of lots of demos and workshops and public programs as well. Um, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's great too. So those are the three areas. Our website, www.koru.hk koru.hk or our Eventbrite page. Just look for Eventbrite and Koru, K-O-R-U, and you'll find uh, the page. Or of course, find me on LinkedIn or contact Steve Lawrence and he'll put you in touch with me. There you go. That's right. And so if I type James Bishop into LinkedIn, uh, are, you, are you the one and only? No, there's a, there's a bit of a community of James Bishops uh, that aren't me. So <laughs> James anyway. Bishop Hong Kong. <laughs> That'll help. That'll help. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for your, your for your time and sharing. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ignited Learning Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at ignited-learning.com. Thanks for listening.